Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ, where the only Canadian gaming podcast you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is AJ Fraser, and I'm joined today by Alexander Kozina. Hey, 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 it is a stacked cast. I am feeling real good about this episode. I'll tell you this right off the bat, AJ. Real good. What? What makes you say that? What what makes you feel really good about it? It's just something in the air. Is there is there a, a weird presence here that I mean, has not been addressed yet? You could say that. You could say that it's a presence that has wandered into the studio today. Speak. It's st- yeah, studio. Speaking of presence, the gift to all of us, my good friend Ben Wander has joined us again. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, I thought I thought you were gonna make a smelly joke with that. There's something now, in the yeah. air. I was gonna do like it's a. Like, deodorant check but i mean you still could do you want to do it try that again no I, yeah perfect there. actually yeah, no, you might be able yeah. to smell me from toronto maybe yeah uh, sorry to audio listeners you if you can't smell him i guess i don't know um yeah so uh before we get started as a reminder as always that we here at press yyz stand against discrimination of any kind while we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show there is no better way to support us than be by being excellent to each other um a little bit of housekeeping uh before we move forward here um next so nathan nathan is away he's on vacation i guess it's some sort of march break thing or whatever with his kids so um next week look forward to him concluding his lego dimensions adventures um and then um yeah so today we're going to be talking about um art of rally um but just uh you know we're gonna we're gonna hold that for a little bit later in the show but just so you know there was a bit of a surprise drop on Game Pass today. I don't know if you know that that the long-awaited Tunic is apparently out now on Game Pass. Surprise. Um, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, we're going to take a couple weeks to uh, make sure we can all put uh, a little bit of extra time into it. I know that we've talked about Tunic on the podcast before. Did this game receive some sort of demo that some of us played, or am I misremembering? Uh, ben, you might have played it. I don't know. You're, I have not a played a Tunic demo. Um, we were, I think you were with us, AJ, at the E3 where it was shown, like on stage. Is that uh, right? No, I would. The only E3 that I got that I got a chance to go to was 2013. So then it was after. I think Taylor and I were like in the Microsoft. Yeah whole conference thing and we lost our minds like it, it was so cool we were i think we had just been talking about link to the past or something and we were in okay. there and we both looked at each other and we somehow ended up with seats kind of far away from each other so he looked up and i looked down at him and we're like what i'm pretty sure the person behind me didn't see like half of the trailer because my hands are in their face i'm sorry whoever that was wow that man i miss e3 <laughs> I know it was it was so cool. It was, uh, I'm I'm happy to have gone to some of the last ones because it won't ever be the same. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. Whatever, something bigger and better will come replace it. Let and and let's have uh, have it in Japan because I want excuses e- to visit Japan. Absolutely. E4. E4. Yeah, E4. yeah exactly. <laughs> e- Euphoria, I guess it'll be like that, uh, like Ooh. the Euphoria thing or something. I don't know. G4 is back too, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. Maybe G4 will make the new E3. So we too can go to that one. There's an idea. I like that idea. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. So um, 
Ben, how you been? It's been it's been a while. We like even in our like personal personal life, like all we do right now is really and and our friend Kenny gets gets he doesn't get irritated with us, but he has he's chosen not to participate because he's a loser. Um, but uh, all all we do these days is like play Wordle and talk Formula One. So, how you doing? Good. Yeah, my life is Wordle, Formula One, and taking care of an infant. Those are basically, like, we oh. can talk about any one of those things. Congrats on the sex, first of all. Oh, Good thank job. you. Thank you. Yes. Well done. You did it. Yes, that happened. <laughs> they can't hear it at that home. I am clapping. <laughs> okay, Very, very silently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, okay, so... you. For for those interested, he he was last on the podcast. It was almost a year and a half ago, and um, that I think it was episode twenty six. So you can look back and hear all about his like game development history and stuff. Like all that stuff is still relevant technically to what what uh, he was he was doing then. But um, weirdly enough, I, and I don't remember yeah. why this is, but that was one of the earliest episodes that we have saved uh, on our archives on our Twitch account. I yeah. know that we had been streaming episodes before that point, but for whatever reason, that's like the furthest one that you can go back into it. I I don't really know why, but hey, I think I think I may have saved that on purpose because it was me getting a chance to talk with my friend. Mm. So I, personal biases aside, you know, there I we think, go. I think that's what happened. That yeah, makes I think sense. that's how that happened. And then then it just sort of clicked for all of us. We should be doing this. We should have been doing this all along. Um, but yeah. Um, do you want yeah, to so, recap like what I do? Is that useful? Or? Yeah. Go, you you know what? Yeah. Go ahead and introduce, reintroduce yourself. Yeah. G- give give everybody here the preseason primer of Ben Wander. Yeah. A TLDR. Um, okay. Yeah. The preseason primer of Ben Wander. Uh, I guess... Uh, real quick, I've been in the industry for over a decade now, which is crazy. I worked at mobile stuff, I've done AAA stuff, and now I do indie stuff. Um, the latest indie thing that I've done is called Airborne Kingdom. Um, it got nominated for a BAFTA a, along with a bunch Holy of other shit. things. I know, it's crazy. I thought you had to be British to get a BAFTA. I'm no, Nobody's British, yeah. but we got nominated, which was cool. Um it was out on the Epic Games store, and then we ported it to console. And now, as of early, as of last Monday, so like a week and a bit ago, um, it is out on Steam. So you can okay. get it kind of wherever you want. It's like eight different platforms. It's too many. It's yeah, way too I many think... places. <laughs> okay, so I actually bought it on all of them. So it's like, yeah, like per, the only bias that I have is that I know I know the person, one of the people who made it. Um, but I actually paid money for it on all of the platforms, I think, except PlayStation, because I don't use that that one that often. But um, yeah, so. OK, you're paying for my daughter's was, education, AJ. Thank you. Y- <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. It, uh, so, OK. Airborne Kingdom, when I first mentioned it on the show with you here, I mentioned how I played a build on Steam because you you let me you play around with it, focus test it, whatever. Um, and then it went Epic Game Store exclusive. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just going to talk out of my ass here for a quick sec. And, and this is how I understand the epic exclusivity and i'll i'll give you a chance to to correct me and tell me how wrong i am okay okay um 
the way the way it sounds is the epic exclusivity was 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 not that you guys were greedy developers looking for a better cut of the the fucking pot there because steam is 30 percent and epic was giving you 12 percent instead taking 12 percent instead of 30 whatever it was it was because they literally just sort of said hey we like the project we're gonna basically fund you as in the people give you guys not not give you guys a salary but give you what you need so that you can finish the project and it's it, in a way it's like kind of like a almost like a first party but not yeah, totally. That's exactly right. That's and that's kind of okay. the way we explained it when we when we took the funding. Like, um, we're out on Steam, we're out on Xbox, we're out on PlayStation, we're out on Nintendo. But legitimately, this game would not exist on any of those platforms had it not been for Epic coming in. Um, we would have made something. Like again, you played the demo before we yep. had talked to Epic before we signed anything. But mm -hmm. with the budget that we had. It just would have been a worse game. Honestly, it really would have been. We would have been a lot more stressed. We would have probably like crunched way too hard, made a lot of mistakes. It would have been buggy. It wouldn't have been as long. It wouldn't have been as detailed, yada, yada, yada. Now the game is out and it's something that I'm genuinely really proud of. And um, getting that funding from Epic at that time was the only way we could have done that. Yeah, so like, like even still, like I went before this surprise steam release that you were very cagey about even in our private chats here you jerk um jesus the, yeah i know right can you tell her yeah. friends yeah come on <laughs> no so like even like people were like i remember there was like curated lists of people saying don't don't buy this because they're going to Epic Game Store. Because, like, a bunch of stupid idiot haters out there. And so, like, I... Like, I... I'm obviously biased about, about that whole scenario because, yeah, of course I know you. You're going to make the right decision. But, like, is there anything you have to say to people who, like, still think it's just because of, like, the the... The pay difference like people like nobody knows like what goes on but be like behind the scenes of like the 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 hands that are sh shaken and like hey like listen nobody's being greedy here we just want to be able to make the best game we can yeah i mean so to be fair i don't want to blame anyone who saw the game on epic said i really just use steam i'm not going to buy this game here and then and then walked away right i i might mm -hmm. like have an argument for them but like hey no love lost like that's fine you're a consumer consume do 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 the the way you want um Free market baby i do think there's there's like a subset of people that just like get off on being angry about epic oh yeah um and mm. i don't i don't think that there is a subset trust me i intimately know that there is a subset of people that do that um and, you know, some of those people are 11 year olds on the Internet who just want to flame people and, and, you know, let it roll off your back. But I think if you're trying to think about it logically, just breaking down the amount of funding that a game needs, like think about it. Our game probably had about a dozen people touch it. And that's a tiny, 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 tiny team. Like even most yeah. indie games, even Tunic, where the credit literally says one person, go read their credits. I bet you their credits are longer than my credits. And so the amount of manpower that it takes to make a video game times the amount of energy 
in terms of food that people require and the amount of shelter that they somehow need to pay for um, ends up making games really expensive very quickly. And I think there's a weird anchoring issue with like Kickstarter and stuff. You know, you'll see Kickstarters these days will go up and say, hey, we're going to make this super expansive thousand hour RPG. Here's our team of like 30 people. We need $30,000 to move this game over the edge. And you're like, no, you don't. Like, no, yeah. no disrespect to the people out there that are still using Kickstarter. I genuinely had forgotten that website existed up until you just brought it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. Well, so that's the thing. I think there, there's these kind of what are ostensibly marketing campaigns on Kickstarter now, but they've anchored people to think about games and game makers in a really weird way. And I think a way to break out of that is just like, okay, math it out. How much do you have to get paid? How much instantly from your business does the tax man take of that which is which is like pretty close to half it's 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 pretty big how much of that do you have to pay to people doing your stuff and then finally how much of that can you eventually pay yourself oh and what's the store cut too because again store cuts are usually 30 percent. so you end up with like a tiny 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 fraction of what the quote-unquote game makes um there are ways to estimate what Steam games make um, online, and you can see that most games are in the tens of thousands of dollars, if that. And even the ones wow. that are quote-unquote successful, you might think like, oh man, this game made $300,000. Well, great, did it take three people three years to make? Because that means they made it on like, you know, after taxes, 20K a year. Like, it's even what can be seen as success has to be taken through the lens of, well, yeah, but like, if this is your career, you got to live off of it, right? Um, and so there's this perception that like game devs are greedy, but I think if only if you're defining greedy by like, I want to eat, <laughs> basically, right? It, yeah. Um, so yeah. that I, I guess that's the way I'd put it is like try to if you if you're genuinely in that mindset and you honestly like want to to see through uh, my lens, want to walk through my shoes. Um, just do the math, just math it out and see how much does a game have to generate in order to even support like a team of five people, 10 people, whatever. Um, and that's mm -hmm. when you start to realize that like, hey, getting that funding up front is way less stressful and can make us do, like pull commitments off, like paying an audio team that we couldn't otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, let me, um, one sec. That's my oh. soapbox. I will, I will. Stop standing on it. <laughs> no, no, no. You might want to. You might want that to keep that around for later. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Airborne Kingdom out now on Steam. Yeah, out now on all consoles. Um, have you seen any? What have you noticed like since the Steam release? Um, like any any like I personally. So I. On, on Twitch, you can, like, follow specific games, right? Yeah. And I would follow Airborne Kingdom, right? And and just, like, the view count has, like, gone up quite quite a bit from where it was before Steam. So, yeah. uh, like, have you guys noticed anything from, like, your perspective and on your end uh, regarding, like, the interest or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the great thing about Steam is that you do get a lot of visibility on it. People kind of shop on Steam the same way they shop at, you know, a mall or something. They might not know what they want going in. They might just hang out. They might just window shop. They might, you know, use 
their algorithm to try to find games that they might like. And maybe they don't buy it now, but they wishlist it and then they'll watch it on Twitch. And then because of that, some other YouTuber will, will stream it. And so it it does become this kind of, because there's such a mass of people on Steam, we end up finding an audience that like we hadn't seen before, which is mm -hmm. partly, I mean, it's great. It's also partly surprising. I was like, this game's been out for um, a year now. Hasn't everybody heard of it? And it turns out that like, no, a lot of people haven't. And we're still updating it. So it's still getting like new content drops. We're still making it more efficient. We're still like, we added language support for like eight different languages now. So you can play it in Spanish or simplified yeah. Chinese or whatever. Um, we're adding accessibility options. So we're, it's not like dead by any means. We're still definitely putting content in there. Um, but like the base game it was out in about a year ago. And so I would have thought, hey, anybody who wanted to or had heard of it would have bought it. How much more can it do on Steam? And it's just, it's really found an audience in a way that I wasn't expecting, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm really happy about it. Awesome. That, that, that's super cool. Um, so, okay. So for the game itself, what what's next for that? What's planned for that? Because like, like, is there, is there a DLC map? Is there like, or, or just like features or bug fixes or something that you, that you got coming up next for it? Yeah. Or... So we're always doing bug fixing. We just released like in the last week. Cause again, more people started playing on, on steam. So more people had different machines they were playing it on and they're like, Oh, Hey, this version of windows seven without this particular patch doesn't play the video at the beginning or, you know, in Chinese, this certain screen just has all boxes, not no characters in it or whatever. So we've been Ooh. fixing a ton of those minor bugs um, this last week. Um, we're also bringing over a lot of the efficiencies that we made on console builds over to the PC version um, so that hopefully more people can play it on like lower end stuff, especially we want to make sure that, you know, it can hit as many as many players as want to play it. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, we're, we're adding new features all the time. Honestly, it's a lot of listening to our community. Um, the, some of the stuff that we added, we added a new game plus mode, um, where you can play the game again and it's a bigger map and it's more randomized and it has more like dies and, and interesting things that you can find. There's a hard mode because people wanted like more difficulty. So we're like, okay, play it in hard difficulty. Let's go. Let's see it. There's a creative mode, which is the exact opposite. We unlock everything and you can just build and paint and do whatever you want all to your heart's desire. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of... There's a bunch of stuff like that we're doing, and a lot of those are call-outs from our community. So, you know, we read all our Discord. Now the Steam um, discussions are really popping off, so we read all those too. Um, and we're trying to kind of see where is it that people want us to take it next. We have our own ideas, but um, I'm really curious the type of stuff that people that people want us to do. Cool. That That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it's it's going well right because like you know you you hear all the doom and gloom online from like all those naysayers about it not being on steam right and then like yeah of course you're going to get a bigger audience because it's the most popular platform so um the the fact that the fact that it's doing well and that that it's moving forward for you and like you're able to feed your your newborn child um because of it you know that that's that's fucking awesome I, I'm it, I'm super excited to hear that. I, I do want to ask, you know, we've been talking a lot about Steam versus the Epic Game Store and so much of the stigma that that carries. It, it strikes me that uh, like so much of the backlash that the Epic Game Store was enduring was really kind of at its peak about kind of two years ago. I feel like I've not really kind of seen 
as much of that kind of hate as of late. But as somebody that was has been more in kind of the thick of things recently, Ben, like I'm kind of curious how that's been for you as of recent. Like, have you seen like a lot of people still to this day express their kind of extreme frustration over the game taking its time to make its way to Steam or? is it not quite what it used to be? It's hard because my viewpoint is skewed, right? I see a lot more of it because I made a game that was Epic exclusive and then we released on Steam. So I'm aware of more of it, but I think my sense is the same as yours, which is that it's kind of cooled down. Um, I think part of it is that people are seeing a lot more of these exclusive games coming to Steam later. um, Mm. And that, you know, I think a lot of the anger especially was around that Borderlands release around like, hey, these are really big games that I've been really looking forward to coming out that like you're a giant publisher who's like made these things before who doesn't necessarily quote unquote need this money. I don't know that publisher. I don't work for them. Maybe they do. I have no idea. But that's kind of the sense that people were getting. Um, and now it's on this platform that I don't want to download. Um, and I think that's that instant reaction of those huge games kind of kicked off this maelstrom of then people said, okay, I just don't want to deal with this. Reddit's our gaming, a bunch of other places jumped on it, and then it became a thing. But it wasn't ever as big of a thing as people thought. Um, and as much as it's gone away, it hasn't fully gone away yet. So I, I do think there's this like small audience of people that are just very, very adamantly anti-Epic Game Store and anti-games that go on there. Um, and again, hopefully I've explained enough about why I think why we took it and why I think developers take deals like that. Um, and hopefully why that makes the games that you play better, especially, especially from indie teams. Cool. For sure. Cool. Um, before, before we um, wrap up um, airborne kingdom here for, for this, this portion um, one, there, there is a very specific YouTuber who I think, would do really well if they received one of these codes. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. Uh, real civil engineer. Real civil engineer. I have not heard of real civil engineer. Okay. We can, I'll, I'll, pat, I'll, I'll send their, their YouTube channel off to you. They like to, they do a lot of like uh, uh, strategy and a lot of um, city builder stuff. Um, they were how I found the, um, the, the, the beaver city builder called Timberborn, which I got really addicted to for a while. Cool. I don't know if you've heard of that game. I have heard of that um, game, but yeah. yeah, so Timberborn, like, it's the the, the beaver city builder. Um, I learned I learned of this from them just popping up in a random YouTube, um, uh, whatever, recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think... I am surprised they have not seen Airborne Kingdom yet, this, uh, this person. So... Uh, definitely check them out. He's got, he's got really good like active content where where like you're you're actively watching and like engage, mostly engaged in in what every action is doing. But it's also, it's also good like background content where like, you know, if there's a game you're not interested in, like his commentary and stuff is is pretty good and pretty funny uh, with regards to. Uh, whatever's going on just as like uh, uh, as background noise if you if you want as well Um, plus he's got a cute dog named Patty and he's British so uh, you know 
that's all Super that's cool. always a positive i will i will see yeah give me give me his uh stuff i'll ask yeah. we have amazing we have this amazing pr team called 50 cc run by a wonderful yep. woman named lizzie uh, i will get lizzie to reach out to him cool yeah yeah he's he's super cool and i highly recommend him for anybody because like he he started playing like i probably wouldn't have been in, interested in this beaver city builder but though the, watching him play it and got me to buy that game in early access on steam so nice you know hey um yeah so let's see here moving on uh unless you have any, anything else uh go, go buy airborne kingdom feed my family Go buy <laughs> airborne kingdom out now on steam out now on switch out now on xbox out now on playstation also still on the epic game store i'm not too proud of a person to to hold out a, a box and be like, fill, when, fill this with When with can cash. we? When can we expect the iPad version? Oh God! You know, we talked about that a long time ago when when we were talking about we talked about a VR version, we talked about a tablet version. Impossible, like a hundred percent impossible with the the way that this <laughs> game is built. I want to like nip that in the bud here. If anybody's waiting for the iPad version or waiting for the Oculus version, I am terribly sorry. I think those would be really cool cannot happen we can go okay. into like I, real real deep details about why if you really want to but um it can't do it okay how 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 about this okay so what about what about like cloud streaming like let's say stadia that's is that cool next? no honestly that stuff is really interesting because it does allow games like ours to be played by say my mom who is not gonna buy an xbox who doesn't have like a, a computer yeah. that can probably run it very well but she could play it at like ultra graphics on uh, xbox game pass ultimate or whatever um, not that necessarily my mom will get that, but you know what I mean? Like someone who doesn't have the latest and greatest console, that stuff's really cool, especially for a game like ours. That's not like extremely frame rate dependent or latency dependent. Like it's a pretty chill kind of city builder vibes experience. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be really, really good for something like that. That stuff could be really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I guess, I guess that was airborne kingdom. Yay. Um, yeah. Yay, we did it. Um, yeah. Uh, Cozy, you have not talked a whole bunch this episode. It's been me mostly catching up with my buddy here. Which um, is totally you... fine. Don't worry. I'm yeah, not to... sitting here feeling quiet and sad. Definitely. <laughs> I don't believe you, but okay. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest. You've been playing that? Yes. How's that going for I you? I have been playing Ori in the Blind Forest. So let me spin you a tale ben wander and aj fraser um about i guess it's a year and a half ago at this point i got my hands on the xbox series x um yep. it was my first ever uh xbox console and i was eager right off the bat to uh, jump into the console's ecosystem and, you know, catch up on all the cool Xbox exclusives I had previously missed. Um, Ori and the Blind Forest was kind of at the top of the list because I already like Metroidvanias. I already like kind of skill-based, puzzle-based platformers of its ilk. Uh, and more than that, it just looked really pretty and obviously was very well-reviewed and well-regarded by the people that had played it. Um, 
I bought it at the time. I played it. It might have honestly been like the first game that I ever played on my Xbox Series X at the time. Um, Got about an hour into it and dropped off. Not that I hated it. I just, you know, it happens sometimes that you start playing a game, you get distracted, and then inevitably a year and a half has passed. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I finally get around to finishing uh, the Jason Schreier book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And at the end of the book, you know, so much of the book is about Jason Schreier talking about uh, how the video game industry can be a more kind of sustainable place and, you know, talking about some of the kind of horror stories that other developers have had to go through in the past. At the very end of the book, uh, he talks about how, you know, the switch that many studios have made to working from home amidst the pandemic has, you know, created a lot of complications that we couldn't have previously foreseen. But it's also kind of opened the door uh, to allow a lot of studios to, you know, uh, develop games in a much more sustainable fashion. You know, people who previously couldn't uh, afford to kind of displace themselves and move to other states or provinces or countries, you know, now have the ability to, you know, work from their uh, dream studios or the studios that are the best fit for them, you know, from the comfort of their home. And an anecdote at the very end of the book that he relays that I thought was especially fascinating is that Moon Studios, the studio behind Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, has been on this train since 2010. When the studio was founded in 2010, it started out as a virtual studio. And Ever since then, it has only continued to grow and expand as a more or less entirely virtual studio. I believe that it technically is headquartered in, uh, I want to say, Austria. Um, But pretty much everyone that works for the studio comes from every which corner of the globe. And that motivated me to come back and re-experience Ori and give it an honest college try. Uh, And let me tell you, playing this game from start to finish was a roller coaster of emotions for me. Um, Overall, I walked away from the game really enjoying it by the end. Uh, But the journey to get to that end uh, definitely had its hardships. First or so hour replaying it, playing through the content that I had previously played back when I first got my Series X. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty fine. I would say that the next two to three hours of the game were pretty fraught. And the reason why they were pretty fraught, uh, I would say mostly came down to this one mechanic that's pretty unique to Ori, which is the way that it allows you to save your game. Um, Unlike other Metroidvanias, in Ori, uh, you can manually place wherever it is that you want to save the game uh, by basically using a small amount of energy that you have at your disposal. Um, On paper, it sounds really kind of cool. There aren't many games, again, that, you know, offer that specific sort of mechanic. In practice, however, I found it particularly frustrating during those early hours of the game where you don't have a whole lot of energy to throw around to begin with. You also don't have a whole lot of hit points that you can use to kind of cheat death. And on top of all that, you your use of your energy to generate saves is also competing with your use of energy to land powerful attacks to help uh, clear out enemies that are in front of you. Uh, and so I really was not feeling this game for a really long time because of how frustrating I felt like this save s- uh, system made 
parts of the game that otherwise I felt wouldn't have been necessarily all that challenging. Um, eventually, towards the end, though, I feel like as a result of me acquiring enough power-ups in the game, acquiring enough like energy and health upgrades, and the design of the game overall, I think, really wrapping, ramping up in a really satisfying way, I found that I was really able to enjoy the kind of final few hours of my time with it. I think that the final dungeon of the game, which takes place inside of a volcano, was especially great. Uh, and while I'm not planning and jumping in, on jumping into it right away, I am really looking forward to checking out Ori and the Will of the Wisps because I have heard that by all accounts, that game is only better than this game. And yeah, that was a... <laughs> Very, 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 very long uh, little speech, but that those are my thoughts on Ori and the Blind Forest. Every everything I've I've all the good things that I've heard about Ori and the Blind Forest is has to do with like, yeah, the, like the platforming and everything is solid, right? And the mechanics are mostly solid, right? Uh, but like the story, they they a lot of people seem to really appreciate, and they really, you know, affects them emotionally. How did how did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was fine. <laughs> All right, perfect. No, 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 no. Um, that's it, that's that's the same way I felt, cozy. I'm, I'm remembering this game now. We're watching some of the video, and um, that's I I was surprised because I heard what AJ said from a lot of people, and then my reaction was exactly what Cozy just said. Yeah, that was fine. <laughs> it's um like it's very Studio Ghibli esque in the sense that it doesn't try and kind of overthink anything it's very much you know hey this is a story about kind of cute animals living in a beautiful but terrifying world and the trials and tribulations that they undergo and i think that there are some very beautiful moments um but i i feel like how much uh you will get out of them emotionally i'd say is very much dependent on how much i'd say that you're into that specific kind of genre that's particular kind of aesthetic uh when it comes to like video games and movies to begin with and as somebody that has enjoyed like studio ghibli films in the past but doesn't necessarily have that connection to them um it didn't perhaps land with me as much as it could have i just remember it being very tropey like um you know you're this wisp i guess whose home is being taken over by a raven who then has to find your friends and save them or something like it was fine. It got me through it, but I was surprised at how, like you said, AJ emotionally relevant people found it. Like I thought it mm -hmm. was a cute kind of cartoony story that made me play some really cool platforming. Um, but I never, I also never found the story, the, the draw to it really. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, it's one of those like it's been on Game Pass forever and I just haven't had the desire to go through it or anything like that to even even boot it up if I wanted to. It's just like everybody like and and so hearing hearing both both of you guys like say like with the story and every like everybody was always saying like oh the story is so so good that it's so emotional whatever hearing you guys saying like oh yeah you heard that too you went through it and you thought oh that was fine like okay so like i don't i still don't know where my expectation should be if i were to pick it up for whatever reason so 
I don't, I don't know. Great gameplay, art style that flows really well and works amazing at 120 hertz. Um, if you okay. happen to have that TV and console combo that can do that. Um, but I wouldn't say the story is is the reason I go in there. I think it has some really cool mechanics and some really good ideas. I probably echo, again, some of what Cozy was saying in that the beginning feels like way too punishing in some cases for yeah. this cutesy game that seems like it should be a bit easier. Um, but then it it eventually, you find a rhythm to it, and it's cool. And some of the powers I remember... Um, being really interesting like you shoot yourself up in a certain direction and gain some like momentum from it or i'm I'm forgetting like all of the ones because now i've played a bunch yeah. of hollow knight too but yeah that particular mechanic is especially cool it takes a little while to get used to because it's almost like you're performing math in midair but yeah. once you get the hang of it especially once you get to the late game it's particularly satisfying to pull off and I think there's some cool set pieces too. Like there's a there's a raven that comes in and swoops down and like picks you up and throws you. And I don't know. It's it's fun. It's interesting. Um, thumbs up. Yeah. Talking about, you know, it's Metroidvania influences. There are a lot of escape sequences in the game that are challenging because you have to be pretty pixel perfect in terms of where and when you jump, but are cinematically very satisfying to experience. Hmm. Super, super cool. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get around to it, but I've heard I haven't played the I mean, sequel. I've heard that you could you could skip like again, if, if we're telling you the story is nothing to write home about, I would probably play yeah. the sequel and see how that how that goes. I haven't yep. played it. I don't know what the sequel is. That, that's a good idea. Good idea. Um I'm full of them. Let's AJ. see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, you've made two games where I've made none, so so I'm full You've of something. Clearly got a couple of good ideas. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So let's let's see here. We we mentioned Wordle earlier. You and I are playing a bunch of Wordle, Wordle. in our in our group chat. Yeah. Wordle. Um, yeah. Uh, Wordle is still going. You're for, starting for a lot changed. of people. You did. You do like. What do you do now? Um, crane? Crane. Crane, crane. That's interesting. That's my, yeah. I saw this one YouTube video where it said, oh, crane is the best starting word. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. And then there was um, a follow-up video that that guy posted where it's just like, like, cause he like broke it all down like algorithmically and he made like a, a program not to cheat, but to like figure out what the best starting word would be. But it's totally dependent on what the actual word is, whether or not the starting, so it's a whole thing. So is is crane a really good word? Probably still a really good word, but like, and and it's been doing well for me for the most part until today, when when we screw. We're not gonna spoil it today because this is a live live show. But the um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those, one of those where there's too many. Very variables that it could have been like I've seen people miss with like the first letter and I've seen people like myself miss with the middle letter it, it's been rough I but yeah I will only say that my streak a couple days ago was 69 and nice. the temperature in my house which because I'm in Denver is in Fahrenheit was also 69 so it felt Hell like yeah. a pretty nice day <laughs> yeah that's the spirit 
that's the spirit. Um, yeah, um, yeah, we're we're still playing a bunch of bunch of Wordle. Um, that that even though New York Times made the logo ugly, like, hey man, why? Uh, what Steve Wardle? What what is it? Steve Wardle? Um, Wardle? Yeah got out at just the right time. I saw somebody make a graph where like the number of people talking about it on Twitter or like Google searches yep. or whatever, basically peaked right when he sold and then dropped right back down. So Steve <laughs> Wardle got away with, I think what sounded Nailed like it. a seven figure sum from the New York times. Yeah. So good yeah, for you, buddy. It was buddy. definitely in I'm, the millions. Like this is, he's the, he's the 1% of the Indies. That's great. Good for you. That's it's the dream. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, from from just a a, a basic project that he made to uh, have fun during the pandemic with his significant other. So, you know, good for him. Um, yeah. Um, let's see here. I'll I'll just get this out of the way. I've kind of fallen a little bit back into Pokemon Unite. Ben, I don't know if you've played that <laughs> I've at not. all. I don't. What is Pokemon Unite? Tell me about it. It is the League of Legends with Pokemon. Okay, I'm gonna play it's, Skate it, in my background while you talk about this. I'm just yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, that that's a good good old reference. Um, no. So it's it's actually surprisingly good. Um, but it's um, there. It's it. I have a complicated relationship with it because like the core gameplay is super good. But there was a small aspect of it. It's not a not a hundred percent pay to win, or anything like that. You know, you got to pay for to unlock other characters, or you can over a long period of time grind out and pay. You know, buy them that way. But there are these items that you can get to to give to your pokemon so that they hold them in battle which increase their stats and you can create a build right and so you could grind and get all the things you need to to level those items up so that they can hold them or you could pay some money and buy the buy the things you need to level them up and and do it that way um I put a, I've put a little bit of money into it in the past, um, and I put a little bit of money into it currently, just so I could get the like the newest characters and stuff. Um, and, and you know, honestly, I ha I have some fun with it. But for me personally, right now, why it's kind of come back up for me right now is I'm trying to do better about not doom scrolling on the internet while I'm on my lunch breaks at work. So I'm playing it on my phone um and and you know that's working pretty well and it's it's cross cross save cross file something with the uh with with the switch version um and it's all free technically um so i'm i'm having fun with it again but i think because it, it is such short, like 10 minute matches or five minute if you want to do the quick battle uh, function, um, it's really good for for being able to pick up, load into a game, battle some Pokemon in real time as opposed to a turn based battle system and then um, then log out afterwards, log in, get your dailies, log out, whatever. 
it's prevented me from like doom scrolling TikTok, doom scrolling Instagram and Twitter and everything so many times. So mm. yeah, it, it's good. I give it, a, give it a try. Give it a try. I mean, a I 10 minute League of Legends doesn't sound like the worst thing to be honest with you. Like League of Legends problem exactly. for me is that it's 45 minutes of a 12 year old yelling at me because they're stomping me and I have no idea yeah. what I'm doing. And I'm, and I'm, farming or the other team is farming on me i'm they're ganking i don't know all of these words (laughs) so so many so many words and fancy young people lingo that you got to relearn it it can be rough but um yeah that so so yeah that's that if you can you jungle is there jungling there okay so there's a top lane there's a bottom lane and then there's a center lane Center lane would be the equivalent of jungling. Um, oh, there's no towers in the center lane. It's just jungle. All so the jungle way, all so day. the way Pokemon Unite works is you you fight these wild Pokemon in in the battle arena, right? And from that, you you when you take the, when you fight them and you knock them out, you get whatever number of orbs were above their head, right? And then you have to take it to the other team's tower there's five towers total on the other side and you literally have to slam dunk it into their net oh it's nba jam oh what it's it? like nba jam pokemon <laughs> nba jam there if you, you go that's how that, we got you grabbed it in two seconds there you go that's Boom. yeah Shock-a-lock. perfect yeah it, and you know what it's 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 fun cool. yeah i've said that a few times it's fun i i enjoy it and it's good good way to like not doom scroll so we talked about this on the podcast in the past, but like, I really just need to hunker down and play this game at some point. I'm like, like for context, Ben, quite into the Pokemons. Like, I literally played a my copy of Pokemon Emerald for over a decade so that I could eventually beat the Battle Frontier in that game, and I just did so just this past week. Wow! Um, and yet, I have not played this game. Uh, and it's nothing yeah. against uh, MOBAs or anything of the like. I just, for whatever reason, keep putting it off. And I feel like I just need to hunker down because I really do want to talk about this stuff with you, AJ. But mm-hmm. alas. Yeah, it. it I, I think you'll I think you'll get a kick out of it, Cozy. You'll you'll pick a main. Uh, I personally right now am maining Blastoise. Um, but you, you might have somebody, somebody else. There's they they have Pokemon on there from all the different generations. And... Who is who's currently considered like the most overpowered of the bunch? I uh, I don't know who it. Who, I I gave the newest guy a try. Who who is it? Uh, Duraludon. 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 Even that's a little bit. Even even that's a little bit too far out for cozy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's a, he's yeah. a, he looks like a, he looks like a giant, uh, rock crystal formation. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I know. Yeah. He's a guy from gen eight that kind of looks like, like he, he, I think so. Gigantamaxes into like a skyscraper. Yeah. You lost me at Gigantamax. <laughs> I'm just going to post the, the video of his character trailer into the, uh chat we have here and you can go ahead and look that up so you can remind yourself yeah i know this guy yeah 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 you know that guy so yeah he's he's the newest guy 
I I tried playing him once and I completely melted the opposing team like multiple times. I didn't use him and uh, fought against a team who was using him and we got completely melted. They just destroyed us for some odd reason. I'm not sure how or why, but yeah, Duraludon is the is the newest character. It he's fine, but he's I think he's broken in in the wrong ways in, in some instances unless when when i'm using them and then he's broken in the right ways which is fine um but yeah um yeah that's that's pokemon unite i've uh i've been playing that it's fun it's a good way to stop doom scrolling 10 minute matches i think you'll like it cozy i think you might enjoy it ben if we were to play together at some point if you can find time yeah, maybe replace our you, Wordle our Wordle mornings with Pokemon yeah, we'll, we'll post our victory screens or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you and I should just start doing that and make Taylor and Kenny really confused. We're trying to get them into the Formula One. Point. This is one thing at a time, AJ. We got oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, For, Formula One. The first race is this weekend. It is. Who, who's taking it? Who's taking it? Uh, my my main man, a Carlos Sainz, smooth operator. He's, He's He'll taking it. it. He'll win it. Let's He'll go. win it. Win the whole thing. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'm still a Daniel Ricardo fan, but I don't know what's going to happen after his recent bout with uh, COVID. Yeah, Daniel Ricardo uh, is the, COVID man. That's harsh. I don't he, know. He caught the Rona. Yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, sorry, cozy. We're talking motorsports, not even like oh, real sports. Sports. These are like the cool sports. Motorsports. Let's not bore people uh, on motorsports before I'm talking doing... about art of rally. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I'm doing right now is I'm just stealing myself for when we do get to Art of Rally. There we go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm excited for for the season of F1. We'll, we'll see what what the new car changes bring to it. Porpoising. Um, porpoising. Yeah. Porpoising. Yeah. Uh, Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That's that's where we get all our cool F1 knowledge. Hosted by. Um, friend of kind of funny Danny O'Dwyer and uh, he's also a friend of Giant Bomb and also uh, Drew Scanlon who is also the blinking white guy if you've ever used that meme that's that's Drew Scanlon on a Formula One podcast Um, yeah yeah check check out that show Um, let's see here yeah uh, Risk of Rain 2 Ben you've been playing that How's that been going? Risk of Rain Dose. Risk of Rain 2 came out, I don't know, a number of years ago. And a group of friends of mine and I played a lot of that game. It just came out with an expansion. Survivors of the Void, I think is the name of it. Um, It is a really silly game that is all about shooting a bunch of stuff, making things explode, uh, lots of particle effects. If you're into technical art, which is like a a game development discipline, this game is like the perfect technical art game. Uh, Particles, lasers, shields, all this stuff. The the basic premise of the game is you and three friends uh, spawn into this world, kill enemies, and those enemies drop items. And each of those items has some effect. So, uh, you know, you pick up a a dagger and it causes all of your attacks to have bleed. Or you pick up a teddy bear and an attack from an enemy might not hit you every once in a while or something like that. Um, So you get and and there are like hundreds of these items. I don't know what half of them do, Um, but you end up getting 
interesting builds because the items randomly drop. So you might get a ukulele and a dagger and suddenly all of your items do chain lightning damage and also cause enemies to bleed. Oh my goodness. Okay, now every time we find a ukulele or a dagger, AJ, you're taking it and you're basically carrying us. Like the game devolves into someone becomes uber powerful and the rest of us sit around and drink beer and this one person just kind of carries the game. Um, It's a lot of fun with friends. The, I don't necessarily know that the expansion adds too much more to it. It adds some worlds. It adds like a couple game modes, but basically it's, have a good time with friends um, and shoot things with lasers. It's not bloody or gory or anything like that. I think it's like totally, as much as I've said the word shooting, um, I think this is like an E for everyone game. There's nothing really bad in it. Um, And it's just a lot of fun uh, that I got into because of the pandemic. So it's like a good way to catch up with people if you haven't seen them in a while. If you don't mind Hmm. me asking, Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain 2, by extension, are games that I've always been intrigued by solely because of their titles. I think Risk of Rain is an excellent title. Uh, I just watched uh, that trailer that we just played on stream, however, and I did not see any rain uh, anywhere at all within it. So why is it called Risk of Rain? There is a distinct lack of rain in Risk of Rain. I know. I, too, was confused about the title when I played it. The the premise comes from the fact that you spawn into a world and at any point you can find a gate that will teleport you to the next world. And the goal of the game is to get through five worlds total and then beat the boss world. Um, however, the longer you spend in the world, the more items drop. Um, so you kind of want to spend a long time in each world, except uh, the longer you spend overall throughout your entire game, there's basically a counter that counts up the harder the enemies get. And so the quote unquote risk of rain is, um, I forget there's some, there's some poem or some idiom or something that it comes from, but basically like you can risk being out in the rain, um, but you might get struck by lightning. And so that's the idea. Like you can, you can kind of take the risk. You can sit here as long as you want, but then that next level is going to absolutely demolish you. Um, so in fact, if you play it at the highest difficulties, you basically just want to sprint through the whole game. Like you do not want to hit that rain. Just keep going, just go. And it's not literal rain. It's just really hard enemies. Right. Gotcha. Fair enough. I, I I was looking up some like screenshots of it um, and why do I have this vision of like an an old like iPad game that's kind of like a a throwback to like 2D for the original I mean. Um, Risk of Rain 1 was top down so Risk of Rain 2 is is like a 3D behind the back shooter. Um, that has like multiple character classes. A shooter is like, depending on what class you're playing, but most of them are shooters, yada, yada. Uh, But Risk of Rain 1 was a top-down version. And essentially Risk of Rain 2, when it released, was the same game, but in 3D. Okay. That, okay. That makes, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, because like, I'm, I'm just going through like the Google image search and like seeing comparisons and stuff. And it's just like, how did they go from that to this? It's just like, Okay. Yeah, it's still it's, an indie team that makes it. There's like five people on that team, but it's also published yeah. by Gearbox. So I imagine that Gearbox, like, you know, put a lever under their Borderlands family and went, here, take, take a dozen artists because 
this game, at least like I would be extremely impressed if five people made this. This is like a lot, a lot, a lot of content. A lot of it's really good. It's very professionally made. So I imagine that they had a pretty big team for the second game and it shows. It's awesome. Awesome. Hmm. Super, super cool. Um, yeah. So that's going to do it, I think, for uh, what we've been playing that is not uh, Art of Rally um how about we talk art of rally how do we feel about that that's That's it give me give me one of those again cozy be a speedy race car not you're not being a cat you're being a speedy race car yep nailed it perfect (laughs) all right Good, good job yeah so this week's um game that we're, we're talking about specifically is art of rally now this is a game um that i played a little bit of a little while ago um last year at some point then i got busy with like the whole moving thing and whatnot um but yeah then um uh ben i invited you onto the podcast and you suggested uh that we play this so uh why don't you go ahead and tell us about what the hell this is yeah, so I should clarify, I was listening to last week's podcast and Cozy said something like, oh, I'm disappointed, I thought Ben was going to like suggest a game that he'd already played and he'd loved, and instead we're all playing this new game, and so we'll see how it is. Um, it's kind of an in-between. I, I've i loved the look of Art of Rally. I know the, the dev who made it, I, I guess we could say we're friends, he's this really cool guy uh, named Dune, who like develops games while in the back of a van and like drives around, he's awesome. Um... And I love the idea of this game. And so I've always wanted to play it. And I thought we were supposed to suggest a game that we hadn't played anyway. But either way, I would have suggested this game. For the record, for for context, I was largely saying what I said last week facetiously. You can select whatever game so interests you. If it's a game you've never played before, if it's a game you've played for dozens of hours, it was whatever you wanted to suggest. This was my excuse to play a new game that I really wanted to play for a while, but couldn't because life things. Um, so I'm, I am extremely happy that we played this because I had a lot of fun. So l- let's back up. So um, Art of Rally is kind of a game about Group B rally racing. Um, and it's really fun because it's going to let me talk about Group B rally. Um, I, I won't bore people with, with rally sport like we were doing with F1, but really quickly, um, rally is a type of racing that takes road cars, basically, and drives them all around skinny roads, all around dirt, snow, tarmac, any type of road that you can think of. Um, and it's been around for a long time. And Group B was like in the early 80s, and it was the heyday of rally. Um, it was this era where um, they wanted more eyeballs and manufacturers to get into the rally. So all of the restrictions that they had put in place that the FIA, the governing body, had put in place, they're like, ah, forget most of these. Just come and race your speedy race cars. And so all of these manufacturers like Audi, BMW, Porsche, Lancia, Mini came around and were like, okay, let's make really fast cars. We're going to put all of the latest tech in them. We're going to even like develop new technology for them. We're going to make them super light. And all of those like safety concerns that you have, like roll cages and crash structures. Yeah. You're not really going to check that. Are you? Cause if we do, we're just going to bounce. So like, just 
don't bother with it, right? So the, it, it was like the wild west of rally racing. It was insane. And big engine, small road going car, no traction on the surface means that the only way to properly get around a turn is to slide. It's the only sport where like drifting around a turn is actually the fastest way to go around the turn. And so you get these yeah. insane moments of like, are, yeah, AJ, go ahead. Are you, are you, are you trying to say that Tokyo Drift was lying to us the whole time? I, I, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but Luda isn't, Fuck. um, isn't as good as Craig Scarborough for his tech talking. Um, God damn it. So, so in rally racing, basically, especially in group B, you got these amazing shots of these massive cars hurtling around smoke and, and dust and snow all kicked up behind them. And get this, they're driving on public roads and the laws at the time said, Hey man, I paid for this public road. I can stand right in the middle of it. If I want to, you can't tell me where to stand. It's my road. And I guess the organizers went, okay, we can't tell you where to stand. So you have these ridiculous shots of people just like in the middle of the road as rally cars are going like a hundred miles an hour past them, like Ugh. with a camera, trying to take a photo, taking a photo and then sprinting and almost getting their ankle clipped as they dive out of the way. It's like, it's basically the sex, drugs and rock and roll era of rally. Um, and if you want to know more about it, there's Tons of YouTube videos out there. Top Gear did a whole series on it. Um, my favorite one is Driver 61. He has like a good like 20 minute breakdown of the whole thing. I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Um, this game is like a minimalist ode to that era of rally racing. Um, you know, it obviously that era, I mean, maybe not obviously at the time, but in retrospect, it ended in tragedy. It ended in like two people falling off of a cliff and dying in a fiery explosion. Um, I know. Um, this game basically looks at that era and goes, okay, like, what if it was magical instead? What if, like, people didn't get injured? What if when you went off the road, it was fine, nobody cared, and you just moved on, and you got a five-second penalty, and that was it? Um, it starts off with, like, a car in front of a Buddha statue telling you about the way to drift around a corner. It's like this really weird, you know, it's not, what, what I want to make clear is that it's not a Forza Motorsport or a Gran Turismo or an iRacing or an Assetto Corsica. It's not a simulation game, but it's also not like a Mario Kart. It's like, it's yeah. somewhere in between. Um, it's, it's not a simulator. It's not a documentary. It's honestly, to me, it feels like a poem. It feels like this, mm. this dedication to this era it's a of tribute. racing. It's a tribute, exactly. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous, um, especially if you're playing on PC. It looks like incredible, this like really minimalist style um, with colors popping everywhere. And again, like they, they took all the purples and, and tuned them up. They took all the, the greens and the yellows and cranked them up and it, it almost has this pastel feel and you're always driving at like the perfect time of day and sunset and sunrise. Um, but beyond it looking good and being this like poetic tribute to uh, one of my favorite eras of racing, it's just a good game. Like it, yeah. it has this really stable control system that's again, it's not a simulation 
but it's not easy and it has its own like internal rule set of like how to drift around a corner, how long to hold the e-brake. And it does a, it gives you a really good sense of these cars, again, have no grip. They understeer like crazy. Understeer means, hey, I turned the wheel left and I still went straight uh, because I don't have any grip to turn. And yet, once you hit the e-brake, you oversteer like crazy. Basically, you like do more than what you need. You you run the risk of spinning out. Um, and it ju it's this crazy balance of that that really gives you a sense of what rally racing is. Um, and so that's why I really loved this game. Um, I didn't find it flawless. We can talk about some of the issues I have with it. Like there, I really think there should be a mini map or at least like somebody calling out um, track uh, turns yeah, the, to you. Yeah, the upcoming turn like like they yeah. do in actual rally racing these days. Exactly. I don't know if they, did they have the, the, the co-pilot driver? They did, they always had a co-pilot. And so I feel like this game's kind of missing that. Um, I think the default camera is kind of meh. I think it has like not great console optimization. I think the photo mode could have more options, but I think like an old Lancia Stratos, it's ugly, it's smelly, you hit the gas and you have a great time. And I had a phenomenal time with Art of Rally. I think it's wonderful. Cozy, what did you think about it? I think that I'm really happy that you and Ben really love this game. Because <laughs> I, I found this game difficult to get into. Um, sure. I mean, you guys, you know, kind of already covered it. This game is neither Mario Kart nor is it a super simi racer. It's something in between the two of them. And while the game, you know, does offer a lot of, you know, uh, various modes that you can engage in. There's like a free roaming mode. There's like a career mode. The game almost feels uh, to Ben's point more like a poem than anything else. It's a like kind of epic tribute to this sort of time that never was, or this time that we uh, imagined a, this other time as being. Um, however, I just wasn't quite able to get into the groove of it as much as I made an honest attempt to do so. So what what do you think what do you think held you back on it? Because I know I've come to this new review thing that we're doing, just sort of like trying to get into a game, and like I know I've you know with with some of the games that we played, you know I've had my own struggles trying to get into a game. Is it are you just not interested in racing, or is there? Something I mean, is something else like specific that you just aren't interested in. I mean, I think a large component of it was just not really kind of being familiar with kind of rally racing. After I played the game, like I went and looked up online what other people th thought of it, and like a common kind of sentiment that I saw was like this game, you know, again is a you know fantastic kind of tribute to rally racing if you're familiar with rally racing you'll kind of really kind of truly appreciate it and what it's going for and i felt like as somebody who is very much a neophyte to this you know section of the world of racing i felt like i was really kind of missing out on a lot of the context and history as to why i would kind of appreciate it and stemming from that i just found the controls of the game difficult to kind of 
fall in love with. I, I don't want to say that they were absolutely difficult to master. The more and more I played of the game, the more and more I definitely was able to wrap my hands and my head around what the game kind of expected of me versus what something like a Mario Kart expects from me. But I still wasn't able to ever get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. So as it relates to like Mario Kart, I can actually kind of see where it's like, so Mario Kart, in my opinion, is like super fun when you're when you're doing 50 CC, 100 CC, 150 CC, which is like easy, medium, hard difficulty with re- not only regards to the AI, but also like to how the, the cart controls. But then they, for some reason, get to 200 CC and I just cannot for the life of me figure out how to how to play that at 200 cc because like it gets a lot more difficult um not only to control but also like it's mario kart like mario kart in my opinion like you should never be a, you should never have to take your foot off the gas you should just be able to go and drift uh and, and do whatever you need but 200 cc mario kart you have to actually break when you go into corners and it's really really off-putting in my opinion so like I sort of like peak and cap at 150 cc because of it. Um, going into this, like I sort of like, oh, I just got an achievement. Braille. Oh. What is that? Dirty a vehicle to the fullest extent. Yeah. Wow. Um, I am playing AJ. live, by the way. That's it's playing live behind me. Um, I I am also playing um, via the cloud streaming uh, currently, and it's actually working really well. Um, out on game pass um but the uh, what was i saying mario kart yeah i sort of i sort of kind of knew what it was what i was getting into mostly because um i didn't already have the expectation of like mario kart is you know you just need to press go and just go and drift around corners and you're fine um the, the my expectation here is that I'm going to slip and slide. It's it. I I am. The whole game is basically an ice level, if you really think about it. Hmm. So it's like once you can wrap your head around that, you start to get a little bit better. But then you know, there's still the odd turn that sneaks up on you, like thanks to the camera angles and stuff like that. Um, the way it, the way it sort of works. You can change out it. Wait, if you go into options right now, you can change your camera angle. And oh, it makes I, it better. I went past it. You can. Oops. I think you can, can start. I pause it? Yeah. There you options. Go. Options. What is it? Uh, camera. You want, F- field of view. You want camera can, view to be like the lowest or what, whatever. Like you'll. Yeah. There you go. There you camera go. view one. Okay. Let's let's see if that helps. Uh, live live podcast, folks. I Resume. did a. Uh, I should mention while I was playing, I did try playing around with some of the customization settings a little bit to see if I could get the feel of driving a little bit closer to what I wanted out of the game. But there's only there's only so much uh, that you can do to kind of change the way it feels ultimately. And to, to be honest with you, I, yeah. I think I kind of agree with you, Cozy. Like it, it took me a long time to get into the rhythm of it. I actually spent a lot of time in there's like a weird open world section that they just start you in yeah. before you yeah. before you start races they're just like hey here's an open world section and like to leave it 
go to the pause menu. I'm like, wait, what? There's no like thing that you end doing. I, th- I would have thought it was like, hey, drive to this area, but it's just an open world section. You just keep driving around. And it took me a while to understand like, hey, you have to hold the drift button sometimes, like it, the drift button, the e-brake sometimes on like longer turns. You have to like just tap the regular brake on shorter turns. It takes a little bit of getting used to, um, to the point where I was I was surprised at how tricky it, it was to get into. But I think once I got into it, I think maybe, Cozy, I probably like, ju- oh. it, either I got it sooner or I just banged my head on it longer, um, where I eventually got into a groove and... It feels so good drifting around like a 180 degree hairpin turn on a mountain pass where like there's just a cliff face on one side and you know that if you screw it up by like the tiniest sliver, you're just going over. Um, and it, I don't know, it, it, it leads to these moments that feel really, that at least for me felt really good. For me, like racing games in general, um, I find I rarely actually use the e-brake. I'm always using the the regular brake. Um, is there are there any tips that you could give me, like as I'm doing this live, for like, or is it just something I gotta feel out? Like, so use use the e-brake more than you are for sure. If you're not using the e-brake, definitely e-brake use is it. the B button, right? Yeah, and you can. Yeah, it it basically spins you around much faster um so you can tap it and kind of get around 90 degree turns see i just went off the cliff right i you, use the e-brake you e-brake you you brake and e-brake you, you kind of use regular brake tap the e-brake and then gas immediately your goal basically is turning your car like again with any rally race turn your car in as short of a distance as possible you want you want to almost make yep. a 90 degree turn every time because you don't have grip yep. you can't you can't like do a good turn so um i guess that's that's the way i play it and i and it just it feels so good it feels so good yeah it feels so good when yeah there were it. there were a couple of um leaderboards i was looking at um a little while ago and like I think you I think you made it to the end of one of one of the the race one of the the chapters or something like I think it was uh oh yeah here we go 30 you're you're 30 seconds faster than me probably because of that e-brake but also like I went off the edge there um I'm using a different car and 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 everything like that but like yeah the it's it's one of those good leaderboard games too right where if you've got a a a group of friends playing it or something like that like you can you can slowly try and chip away at somebody else's time and like see you know i don't don't know can you can you share ghosts with it like that's a good question i know that the ghosts there's an option to do like world leaders go to ghosts now let's see ghosts off ghosts on world's best best. so i think it's just world oh that's that's my only option Yeah. yeah world best ghost um I th- I think it'd be cool if you could have like you your friends, friend, yeah. friend friends ghost just to like see what they did and see see if you can try and 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 go with that. But the one yeah. thing that um, this game made me realize is like Forza broke me with its rewind button. Like in Forza, yep. I Leroy Jenkins every turn. I'm like, oh, what what turns coming up? Oh, cool, that was fun. I ran into a barn. Let me hold rewind yep. and do it again properly now that I know it's coming up. And the first race in this, I realized, oh crap, we we're not in Kansas anymore. This is this is back to a real racing game. And it actually it felt more worthwhile. Like I felt more 
um, proud of my times um, in a in a okay. weird way that I that I didn't realize that that button in Forza was making not I love Forza especially Forza Horizon is great um, but I think my enjoyment of it is lessened because of that button I should go back and play without it. Yeah, uh, the one th actually so when I was playing earlier today, um, trying to refresh myself on on it like what i found was i was missing the what i would really like to see in this is the forza driving line that they have the the right. adaptive driving line right, right right where it tells you you know it changes color when like hey you need to brake at this point or like slow down or something like that right i think that would be even even in terms of like accessibility accessibility when it comes to the controls uh -huh. like i think that is something that is incredibly valuable and how i got even got into oh good i sorry my fitbit is just telling me i got ten thousand steps as i'm sitting here talking with my hands <laughs> like an italian um i don't know how that happened um we're talking no, about like racing the, the, we're talking about we're talking about lancias man we're talking about ferraris yeah, yeah, mamma mia. yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. mario Ford and Jackie, ferrari wow. the whole bit yeah um so yeah the 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 forza driving line i i find it to be incredibly helpful and it's like something that kind of got me into uh more simulation racing as of late um it's something that's very helpful in the f1 uh video game actually the 2021 one is coming to game pass so last year's game is coming to game pass next week so after the first race, because everybody's going to be into it and they can finally see, like, whatever. But it's going to be the wrong cars, so I don't even want to touch it. But, um, no, um, that that line, like, when Forza first introduced it, I think it was in the very first Forza game, Forza Motorsport on the original Xbox. Um, I think that sort of, like, ruined all other simulation racing games for me if they didn't have that kind of like adaptive racing line to show me like like yeah i know where the racing line is but i don't know in the context of the game like how fast i should be going because you know i could probably feel it out in a real car um but like it'd be very difficult it's very difficult to feel when you have that disconnect in 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 g-forces you know what i mean does that does that make sense? Am I am I talking out of my ass? I don't know. No, I think I think that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think a racing line for for Art of Rally would would definitely add to, especially like to, in a tutorial level. I think that would be really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I've got anything any much more to say about Art of Rally. Uh, I think you sort of covered it all in in talking about it um i will say i love the cars in art of rally they're basically yep. um they're the grand theft auto like you know equivalents okay. of real world cars so like instead yep. of a you know but they're so obvious i'm like instead of the porsche 911 they have dos 119 or whatever or instead of the mini it's the meanie and you're like okay i like i see what you're doing here. i see what they did yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's cool because so, uh, it, yeah, I just want to say there's some pretty fun uh, descriptions in there for some of those cars. I feel like it didn't really do much to help me kind of comprehend what I was experiencing in the moment with not this sort of huge understanding of rally racing, but it's pretty funny. 
Yeah, it's very tongue in cheek. The whole game is like again, there's a there's a Buddha telling you how to rally race. Like it's it's like an interesting kind of moment of like tongue in cheek haikuism. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like some some of the cars. Uh, the, the other thing too is the cars feel really different to each other in a way that you would kind of expect them to. I've never driven a rally car, let alone rally cars from like the 70s or 80s. But like you know. The Lancia Stratos is a rally car that was built on like, I think it was like a Lamborghini engine or something with like the absolute lightest chassis that they could find and a teeny, 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 tiny wheelbase. And so you imagine driving something like that as being like a rocket ship that you can't steer. And that's what that car is in this game. Like I hate driving it, but it's so it, it's like it's it it feels more accurate in that way, right? Like um, mm-hmm. the mini has troubles going uphill. The uh, you know the two wheel drive back loaded um, DOS one one nine the nine eleven equivalent like whips around corners in a really different, heavier, interesting way. So I'm impressed with like how much time has been put into just the driving engine. Cause I feel like you could make this game and make like a handful of cars and they all kind of drive the same, but they look cool. One looks like a mini, yay, we. Um, but instead you can tell like the details of this game, there's a lot of love put into it. Um, and I really respect when developers can, can put in that effort and that time to let you discover those small little details, like Cozy was saying, the, the funny descriptions, or, you know, it, it gives the game personality, it gives it attitude, and I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I think, um, I think, okay. So at the end of this whole review thing that we do here, where we talk about a game, we tend to give it a score. So you being a developer, if you don't want to score it, I totally understand if, if you're not comfortable with that. Me personally, I think I would give this a four out of five for what it is. Cozy, how do you feel? Do I have to slap on a numerical score in this instance? I don't think so. It's up okay. to you. Well, in that case, uh, you know, I think through the conversation that we've had here, it's pretty apparent that this is, you know, not a game that you can just sort of jump into right away and immediately enjoy. Even if you like have this sort of uh, already pre-existing investment in rally racing. Unlike something like Mario Kart, which you can kind of just jump into and, you know, enjoy right off the bat. This game kind of demands that you kind of respect what it's trying to do and kind of work with it. And it seems like, you know, with enough time and patience and practice, uh, you can really kind of get it to sing. And in doing so, really get, you know, a tremendous amount of satisfaction out of this game. Um, but if you're not kind of committed to that, uh, it might not be the game for you, but that's just me. Hmm. I'll give it 12 bananas out of six oranges. Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. That's like a perfect score. Maybe it depends on how you feel about bananas and oranges. Yeah, it's true. Were you going to say cozy? Uh, no, it's fine. I was going to say if, if you could convert that into something on a five point scale, but I don't want to I don't want to force you to give it a numerical score if you don't want to. Well, I mean, I could math it out like that would be 10 bananas out of five oranges. Yeah. Okay, But but is is what what is one banana worth one orange? Is that are they equivalent or is like I think one banana is worth so many three shroot bucks. 
Well, Shroop pucks. Well, yeah, I was I was Whoa. gonna say like there are so many slices of an orange that you could get, but also yeah, like it, do we know. also count like the the rind of the orange because that part is like very you, sour and it's used in a lot of recipes to like you know you don't add eat that it, additional but you sourness. Use zest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you don't eat it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that was that was Art of Rally. Yay, we did it. Um, yeah, before we um, uh, try to wrap things up here, uh, Cozy, you had something you wanted to do. Yes. So, so I, I wanted... I'm going to hand you the keys to this rally race. All right. Perfection. Uh, so typically, Ben, you know, the way that we try and close out episodes of Press YZ uh, are with a long, meaty segment in which we do things like debate the top 10 video game sequels, the top 10 video game horses. We try and budget the 15 most essential GameCube PlayStation 2 games with only $20 in our pocket, things of that nature. Uh, this time around, I kind of figured that we were probably going to have a pretty meaty discussion about Art of Rally. So I figured uh, instead of that, I would keep today's topic of the show, as it were, kind of short and sweet. Uh, recently, you know, as we talked about much throughout this podcast, uh, you released uh, a little game by the name of Airborne Kingdom out now on Steam. Once again, go check it out if you're just tuning into the podcast right now and have not heard about that. Uh, and I figured uh, it would be fun to do something uh, that would probe your knowledge of city building games, considering that you uh, oh, just shipped right. one. And so I went looking online. Uh, through other city building games from throughout the ages. And it kind of occurred to me as re as I was reading through some of these names, you know, I feel like you could tell me that half of these names are the names of Netflix original movies. And I believe you. <laughs> so right here and right now, AJ, Ben, uh, yep. we're going to play a game called city building game or Netflix original movie. I'm going to, tell you a name. I have 10 names uh, right over here in this uh, Google Doc, which you currently cannot see. Uh, I'm going to say what it is. You're going to tell me if it is a city building game or a Netflix original movie, uh, and we will reveal its identity. You're I correct. really hope there's one, one that's point. both. I really you're want one incorrect. to be both. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you're incorrect, you get zero points. Sounds good? Sounds good. Yep. All right. Let's get started. Number one. Deep. Netflix. Deep. AJ I'm, says it's a Netflix original movie. I, I would also go with Netflix. I haven't heard of Deep. Are we both locked in? Locked in. Final answer. All right. Okay. Deep, also known as Project Laplap Pentai, which translates to Secret Project Sleep Be Die, is a 2021 Netflix original movie Ooh, uh, yeah. written and directed entirely by a team of students from Bangkok University. Uh, Deep is a Thai mystery thriller, thriller uh, about a female student that undergoes an experimental medical trial where falling asleep means death all right well i'm glad you both got that first one right off the bat both of you have one point uh this I'm is basically like is this a city builder or something ben has never heard of <laughs> <laughs> i mean if 
if some of you off the bat know some of these Netflix movies, I'm going to be pretty impressed. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to number two. Cleopatra, colon, Queen of the Nile. Uh, ben, you go first. I did the last one. I will say City Builder. Can I get can I just hear the name of it again? Cleopatra colon Queen of the Nile. And by the way, that's colon as in the two dots, not Cleopatra colon as in the body part. Yeah. So okay. So I could I could just like like you said, it's it's either gonna be city builder game or something you've never heard of so do i just go with you and whatever you say but that would that would make that would make things a little less interesting so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with netflix again just to be different and we'll see what happens since the dawn of cinema there have been no shortage of movies about cleopatra the charismatic queen that ruled egypt over two millennia ago however Cleopatra, Queen of the Nile, is not a Netflix original movie, but an expansion to city-building game Pharaoh that was released in the year 2000 and was developed by wow. Breakaway Games. What threw me off is I didn't remember that that game, like I know the game Cleopatra, I didn't remember that it had a subtitle and I was like, oh God, is this like a Wesley Snipes spinoff of some crazy movie? <laughs> If I recall oh. correctly, uh, when they would repackage the game Pharaoh and Cleopatra included in it, they would sometimes title it as just like Pharaoh and Cleopatra. They Maybe that's the what I'm thinking of. the Nile part. Yeah, so it's yeah. possible that might be the case. All right. Ben is currently two for two and AJ has one. But not to worry, there are a lot more pieces of media coming up that can be used to help recuperate your score, AJ. All right. Yeah, thanks. Number three. Hinterland. I'm going to go with Netflix again. I believe this sounds familiar to me, so I believe it's a city builder. Shit. Are we both locked into our responses? As locked in as I'll ever. It sounds like such a familiar name. It could be anything, but I think it's a city builder. I I feel like I I heard of like the hinterland thing on like one of those like uh, what is Canada Heritage moments or something like that like <laughs> that you'd see on TV as a kid like there there was something similar to that. In my defense, I'm, I'm gonna go hint. Yeah. The hinterlands are it, uh, like an area, the first area of Dragon Age Inquisition. So I spent a long time seeing That's the word true. hinterlands every single day of my work life. Fuck. Maybe that's where I've... Fuck. <laughs> I already said Maybe locked that's in. Where you I've have, heard you have choices, AJ. I already locked in. I do. Fuck it. I'm going to lock in. Netflix. All right. Stab me. <laughs> Set within a fantastical world inspired by both Norse and Celtic mythology, Hinterland is a genre-bending role-playing game and city-building game released in 2008 by Tilted Mill Entertainment. That actually sounds super interesting, so I kind of want to look it up. I haven't played that one. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. 
All right. Number four. Uh, this there one is a t- television series called Hinterland, by the way. It's not a Netflix original movie, AJ. Not a Netflix right. original. Yeah, which uh, is definitely true of like a couple of things on this list. Like, I-, I won't say them right now, but a couple of the ones coming up are have been already made into like either a game or a movie in perhaps another kind of genre or on another platform. But also, yeah. Also, uh, in trying to find this other game, um, Hinterland Studio is are the uh, creators of The Long Dark. Yeah, mm. former Bioware people at that company too. Lots of former Bioware people there. Yeah. All right. Number four. Uh, this one sounds like uh, one word, but it's actually two words. End game. So the word end and then the word game. I'm going to go with Netflix on this one. I'm also going to go with Netflix on this one. All right. The world of cinema is no stranger to movies that sport the phrase Endgame, with Avengers Endgame being the most recent high-profile film to sport this moniker. However, if you were hoping that this preamble would lead into me revealing that Endgame is actually a city-building game, you're sorely mistaken, or perhaps very relieved. Uh, That's because Endgame is in fact a 2018 Netflix original movie by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman uh, that explores our perception of life and death through the patients at a hospital in San Francisco. I'm impressed they could use that. Like, considering Avengers Endgame probably has, especially Disney, probably has trademarks up the wazoo for that. Uh, I'm actually super impressed that someone decided to make an indie film and go, yeah, we're going to call it that. Come at me. This... This movie did come out in 2018, though, so I feel like they got in that door before Endgame was even announced as the title. Because if you remember, for the longest period of time, that movie didn't have Endgame as its colon. Yeah, it was just like Avengers 4 or something like that for the longest time. All right. Ben is currently 4 for 4. AJ is 2 for 4. Next up, number 5, Banished. That is a city builder. That is a city builder. I don't have to. I don't have to pretend I don't know that one. That one's a city builder. <laughs> yeah, that, that is th- one of my favorite. Yeah, that's one of my favorite city builders. It's actually really, really good. Well, in that case, banish any thought from your mind of Banish being a Netflix original because Banished is a city building game released by Shining Rock Software. Uh, released in 2014, Banished provided fans with a slightly more hardcore take on the genre, tasking them with carefully managing the resources of a growing yet isolated society living off the land in the wilderness. All right, so we have Ben, who is five for five, and we have AJ, who is three for five. So I'll have a few more opportunities here to make up a bit of ground. Uh, number six, fractured. I believe that's a city builder. Fuck. That's another. Well, it screwed game. me last time not going with you, so I'm going to go with you on this one. How are you going to catch up? How are you going to catch up if you keep uh, going with I me? don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Got to play that long game, AJ. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Are we both locked in? Yes. No, he just convinced me to go the other way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Netflix. Fuck it. All right. I'd love to tell you that Fractured 
was a Netflix original movie that was released you in 2019 bastard. and not a video game. Which is why I'm over the moon to confirm that Fractured is indeed a Netflix original movie that was released in 2019, uh, directed by Alan B. McElroy. Uh, Fractured is a psychological thriller movie that sees Ray, portrayed by Sam Worthington, attempting to uncover what became of his wife after she disappears under mysterious circumstances. Uh, So with that, AJ has caught up a little bit. He's now at four points, while Ben remains at five points. That's a good name for a city builder, though. I should we should make one called Fractured. <laughs> All right. What, what would it be about? Like an like something in an earthquake zone. You know, shout out shout out yeah. to the people in Japan right now who just experienced another earthquake uh, today, a really bad one. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh wow, I hadn't heard. Oh of that. yeah. Oh geez. Yeah, it was just off the coast of Fukushima again. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna make some fun jokes about building uh, cities inside gaping holes that fractured by earthquakes, but maybe not today. Yeah, yeah maybe that's that's a concern. Like, you don't want to be in a like motor storm apocalypse scenario where that game released like in the immediate <laughs> shadow of the 2011 uh, Fukushima disaster in Japan, for example. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Number seven, Caliber. Netflix. See, now, now I want to use the AJ theory of just say what you're not saying. But I, I also think it's Netflix. Or, or I should say I don't think it's a city builder, so I'll go Netflix. Lock lock it in. Locked in. Locked All right. In. If you believed that Caliber was a medieval city building game about knightly chivalry, then I'm afraid you're going to have to calibrate your expectations because Caliber is a 2018 Netflix original movie directed by one Matt Palmer. Set in Scotland, the movie follows the exploits of an aggressive businessman and his old friend on a hunting trip in the Scottish Highlands. Because so, your descriptions are playing games with my heart. They're going up and down. <laughs> my, my rate can't handle it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying them. All right. I'm still at a solid 75 right here. So that puts Ben at six points and AJ at five points. We only have a few more entries left, but it's still anyone's game. Hot in the heels. Next up, number eight, mobility. That sounds like a city builder, but I'm going to say Netflix. We're tied up right now, right? Uh, ben has five and you... Ha- uh, sorry, Ben has six and you have five. Mo- mobility. I think I actually have to say uh, Netflix on this one as well. But actually. So you said Netflix. Ben, ne- you're also Netflix? Yes. All right. A relative unknown within its genre, that genre being the city building genre. Mobility is a 2001 game released by German video game developer Glamis. Uh, In contrast to other city building games, mobility places a large emphasis on transportation infrastructure, allowing one to finely tune the flow and rhythm of traffic in its metropoly down to the finest detail. I was reading a bit about the Wikipedia entry for this game. You can do stuff like add like speed bumps and like set like the traffic uh, 
uh, like speed limit within like very specific patches. This of is like streets. This is it. like some SimCity one. Not not even two, but like SimCity one level. This game looks stuff. cool. It, looks, it does. There's a there's like an aesthetic here, like that late '90s, early 2000s aesthetic in this game. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, All right, you got me. I had, I've never heard of this, but it looks dope. Ben's at six. AJ's at five. Let's see if we can close the gap. The only thing I have uh, to convince AJ is just to go exactly with every answer I have to convince him I am the most right and he'll fail yep. if he goes anywhere else. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Let's see if he can do so. Number nine, the Sumerian game. A Sumerian game. Well, I went first last time, AJ. You gotta go first. Um, I'm gonna say Netflix. Yeah, I was gonna go Netflix also. There is, there is a game about Sumerian society that's that's new. I think it's something like Ancients or something like that. No, that's another. What? That's another one. Is but, there? Is there a game that puts game in their title? The Game of Life, AJ. No, the 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 title of the Game of Life is Life. That is like the the subtitle. No, that's the serial, AJ. Okay. Well, <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Lock in. What did I say? What was my answer? I think it's Netflix. Netflix. I, I will say yeah. it's Netflix. Yeah. You're both Netflix. Yeah. All right. Buckle up for this one, because the Sumerian game is a video game. Now, hold on. I know you're both disappointed, but listen to the story behind this one. This is a video game developed collaboratively by IBM and the Board of Cooperative Educational Services of Westchester County, New York, between the years of 1964 and 1966. Uh, heralded as both the first city-building video game and the first narrative-based video game, uh, the Sumerian game tasked players with managing the Sumerian city of Lagash around the year of 3500 BC. Uh, the game was exclusively playable on the IBM 7090 mainframe computer and used basically a mixture of printouts, taped audio lectures, and images displayed on a slide projector to basically convey what it is that you were doing in the game. Uh, beyond being extremely influential on games that would follow in its wake, uh, the Sumerian game was also notable for being developed by Mabel Addis, who was the world's first video game female video game developer. Wow, that's cool. I like to think that Cozy did no research for this and just knows all <laughs> this stuff. Like he has this I mean, bank of city builders in the back of his mind at all times. You 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 might be surprised. I bet he's like a, a secret wealth of knowledge on a, a lot of this stuff. Um, side note, I did Google image search for Sumerian game here, the Sumerian game, and other a different Sumerian game came up. Uh, and it's linking me to the University of Waterloo web website. Uh, and I don't know why. That's probably hmm, a virus. It's definitely yeah, it virus. could be a virus. Yeah, you would know. If I know anything about the University of Waterloo. It's, it's probably a virus. It's probably a virus. To give the, those at home, this. 
an example of what this game looked like. This is a student uh, playing the game on the IBM 7090 computer. In the background, you can see one of the slides that's displayed when you're playing the game projected in the background. And so you'd be kind of typing at the computer. It would print out what's currently going on. And yeah, all this would sort of work in concert with each other. That's really hmm. cool. That is super neat. All right. We are still at five and six points. Uh, if you want, I can throw a last minute wild card into the mix and say that this final um, movie slash uh, game is worth, let's say, 700 points, uh, or we can just keep it at one point. I, I, I mean, if it was going to be two points, I would have said no, but 700. I mean, 706 points sounds pretty good way to end. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty okay. good. Let's, I'm in. I'm in. All right. AJ, are you it's in? 700 or nothing. Yeah. All right. Spectral. Should we write our answers down on a card for this last? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to type it into my web browser just for safekeeping for yeah. no reason. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. Um, spectral. Did I go first or did you go first last time? I will here. I will write my answer down on this card and then I will hold it up and you can you can say yours first. You say yours right. first, and then I'll hold up this card that I just wrote wrote my answer down on. Okay. I'm going to go... Because you seemed instantly confident. I'm going to say City Builder. I also have City Builder written down, but my confidence might be misplaced because I've never heard of this, and yet okay. I feel like I'm doing some sociology on Cozy right now. It feels like Cozy has a lot of amazing city builder knowledge. And I think he wants to share like one more awesome one with us. And so I'm ready for this curveball to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a city builder that I've never heard of and wanna research all about. But AJ, and you should pick Netflix. I mean, pick Netflix, it's totally the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, st I'm sticking with city builder, fuck it. Okay, locked in city builder. We locked either... in. I'm. You're. You win no matter what. Me locking in. But you know what? Fuck it. I. I want to see. I need to know. I. I. This is what I feel in my gut. I need to compose myself because I'm gonna burst out laughing if I don't. <laughs> An early addition to Netflix's repertoire of original movies. Spectral is a 2016 horror fantasy movie directed by Nick Mathieu. Uh, it sees a researcher for DARPA travel to Moldova to investigate a supernatural phenomenon with a taste for human blood. What? Okay. Ben, were you expecting like a twist, like that it's part, it's one, going to be like one of their first entries into gaming, like, because they did that Bandersnatch and then they've got this like game studio thing in the background. Like, were, were, were you expecting that twist? The twist I was expecting was Spectral as a 2016 Netflix blah, blah, blah. Based upon the City Builder series of okay. the same. <laughs> oh, man. 
I feel yeah, there are a it. lot of uh, like Uwe Boll movies that you can do that with. Like, yeah. hey, did you know that Dungeon Siege is based off of this like Dungeon Siege video game? But unfortunately, I don't know that there are a lot of city building games that you can do that with. Yeah, let's make SimCity with The Rock. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Well, that's it for that. Uh, so the final scores are Ben with six points and AJ with five points. 706 and 705. Congratulations to Ben. Record. And you know what? A small, uh, slightly less congratulatory congratulations to AJ as well for making sure that Ben performed to the best of his ability. Yeah. You know, I, I threw that on purpose. You're welcome. Thank you, AJ. I appreciate it. Yeah. Th- thanks for um, making fe- me feel good. We, we are on the team and we're gunning for the Constructors Championship here. Um, we both win if you win. Yeah. That's how that works, right? I'm the bow toss to your Hamilton. AJ, this is James. <laughs> Don't, do not, do not race Ben. Don't make me fucking throw these on the ground. <laughs> All right. We're back. We're back to formula one memes. I think. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I can't believe it. No, I need to drive the speed to race car. Sorry. That's my Toto Wolf impression. That's which your is also my Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. It's not. No. No, Michael, no, it's so not right. No, Michael, I need to show you my emails. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, co- ke- yep, keep your head, keep your hand there, Cozy. That's fine. That's totally cool. Um, yeah, uh, so I guess that was the show. Uh, thank you welcome, for welcome to the outro. Thank you for yeah. letting me come on to your podcast and uh, about video games and talk about Formula One and rally race cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're thank- very welcome um wh- by all means you thank know, you it was a yeah, real good time yeah just just like last time where we went over your 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 history in the in the games industry um don't forget to catch that episode um i think 25 or 26 one of the two um but yeah um you always you always provide such valuable insight that that we don't necessarily have not ne- not really being in the the industry ourselves um, and, and when we want to like our armchair game design, some stuff, uh, you know, it, it, it helps, it helps to know that, uh, some of our opinions are okay, uh, to, to somebody in the industry. Uh, that's, you know, uh, thank, thanks for coming on. Um, of course, uh, you're always welcome. Uh, any, anytime you want, uh, anytime you can, you can put the child, put the baby down, <laughs> uh, I mean, if I get to hear this this uh, Schwarzenegger wolf impression more, I'm gonna have to come yep. on. This is too much. You might ha- you might have to you uh, might have to. Um, yeah. Uh, any any so Airborne Kingdom out now on Steam. Anything else you want to promote? What what what's next for you? What's coming up? More uh, Airborne Kingdom else? stuff, man. We're we're making it. We're we're still updating it. Um, yeah, uh, join our Discord, discord.gg slash Airborne Kingdom. Um, what else? I don't know. Uh, I am at The Wandering Ben on Twitter. Um, you can find me there. Um, I'm always happy to chat with people. I know a lot of people end up um, chatting with me about like ways to get into the industry or like how to where to go to learn stuff. Um, I teach at the University of Denver as well. So I'm used to like a lot of students asking me questions like that. So I always like to encourage people to reach out if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to be a resource for anyone. Awesome. Awesome. Very, very nice. Well, uh, 
yeah, that's going to do it. So uh, thank you for tuning in to Press YYZ. If you enjoyed this broadcast, be sure to follow us Follow us on Twitch. Subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, rate and re- review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Twitter at Press YYZ and slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash Press YYZ to keep the conversation going. Until next time, thanks for playing. <laughs>